when the when the idea of of immigrating to the states came up, it was all oh, the land of music. <laughs> you know, it's like the possibilities are going to be <laughs> endless. You know, it wasn't you know it's, it's going to be a struggle or the finances right. and sort of the real life stuff. It was just like great, I get to watch Knight Rider all the time. Uh, <laughs> everyone. Welcome to A Life in Six Songs. I'm your host, David Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carolina, who also happens to be my wife, and my childhood friend, Raza. For those of you new to the podcast, each week we embark on an epic adventure to find the songs that are stuck to us, like audible tattoos that tell the story of who we are and where we've been. It's a life story told through six songs. Let's go have a listen together. So for this episode, um, we're in our third episode, and you know we've kicked this podcast off um, by learning more about myself in the first episode, Carolina in the last episode, and so this week we're going to round out our stories of our host, and we're going to tell Raza's story. So uh, Raza is a lawyer and veteran advocate. Uh, he started, he's a musician and started by playing drums in high school and then, uh, switched after high school to guitar. I wanted to write, you know, more music and be able to kind of compose, uh, in that way and has a, a solo, uh, project out there that we'll get in and talk more about Solamente. Um, and so we're just, you know, happy to have him on today and, 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 and share this story. So. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to your own show, Raza. Welcome to your own you. show. Yes. Yes. Love this team. Um, Love the team. That's right. Here we go. So, so to kick us off, before we get into your six songs, um, uh, why don't you tell us, you know, a little bit about your earliest music memory? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, as you know, I mean, I've been sort of a lifelong fan of, of music in general and maybe some of the heavier stuff, you know, um, and that 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 goes back to all, all the way back to, you know, my earliest memory, which is probably maybe three, four, five years old. Um, I was born in Pakistan. I grew up in Pakistan. Um, my family was always um, there was music always playing in the house. Um, we had sort of an appreciation for art and music and all the sort of, you know, humanities and, and, and politics and things like that um, in the house. And yeah, my earliest memory is my dad blasting, you know, Pink Floyd um, in the house, uh, you know, another brick in the wall. Um, the, the Star Wars soundtrack, um, you know, a lot of the oh, yeah. local sort of folk, you know, Pakistani music as well. Um, the Beatles, I mean, the Beatles references were, were, were going on all the time. Um, and then he would talk about things like, to this day, um, actually, my dad is, I realized, you know, many years later, they were, well, you know, th there's a, there's a term for that. He's a, he's an audiophile. He loved talking about music 
and sort of like the engineering and physics of the science of music, how sound works and the difference between, you know, mono and stereo and surround sound. And, and, you know, when you hear certain things in certain spaces, so yeah, there was an appreciation of music at a very early age. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that, I think, you know, I'd sort of learned about, about that and became a part of me and it's been ever since, I mean, we immigrated to the States when I was about 10 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my, my tastes in music might've changed and shifted. I'm, I'm, I'm much more of a filter now and I, and I still appreciate music and nerd out on music. And, uh, um, and now we can talk about, you know, sort of technical aspects of music and time signatures and tempos and things like that. But yeah, earliest memory is, is just music in the house all the time. That's so nice. cool when your childhood is filled with, with those kinds of things. We don't think we realize how how much it leaves an impression on us. And at the time you probably didn't know you'd be immigrating to a whole other country and you know, like what that would open up for you too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and one, one of the, I remember, I mean, probably closer to, this was like in the late eighties, I would say 87, 88 or so. <clears throat> when the, when the idea of, of immigrating to the States came up, it was all, Oh, the land of music, <laughs> you know, it's like the possibilities are going to be endless. <laughs> You know, it wasn't, you know, it's, it's going to be a struggle or the finances right. and sort of the real life stuff. It was just like, great. I get to watch Knight Rider all the time. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all the stuff that, that, that you see on TV that America is known for. MTV was big back then. And yeah, yeah no, it was it was it was all about the, the entertainment and pop culture and getting closer to it. Nice. Did yeah. you know that like. um your your home life had this special quality to it of being just you know surrounded by music like did you did you know did were you aware it was a thing because a lot of times when you're young you're not aware that your household is sort of anything special because you're not sure exactly what goes on in others so you just assume like well we do this and so yeah doesn't everybody do it like this were you aware that this was something like special Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, such a great question. This is stuff that I've been sort of grappling with actually as an adult now, like, you know, like after you get married and after you have your own household and, and, and things like that. Um, I had at the time, I thought that was the norm. It was the norm that you live in, in an amazing big, you know, multi-story house and you have people with, multiple vehicles like the equivalent of being bougie right that's we were sort of bougie in pakistan i was a city you know i grew up in the city in lahore it's, it's, it's the second largest city in in in, in pakistan which is figure like chicago you know like new, mm-hmm. not new york but chicago um and and yeah you know we would sort of have intellectual debates about everything from politics to to to, to you know welfare states and socialism and capitalism and things like that. And there was the eighties were a big, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the world. Obviously we, um, all sorts of stuff going on, but so those types of debates I thought were the norm. I didn't realize that, no, this, we're a very, very small, small minority of people that are, that, that have, you know, that have, I think privilege is the right word. We weren't like, we weren't like super wealthy, but you know, we, we had, we had a home and we had the basic amenities and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that even that is an exception because Pakistan is a country of about 200 million people. And the vast majority, you know, unfortunately are 
they're not doing well. It's an, it's an agricultural based uh, economy and there's tons of illiteracy and tons of social problems and things like that. And we're actually very lucky. So I, I, I realized that and, 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 you know, I definitely am grateful for that. But, but at the time, had no idea. Had no idea that going to polo clubs was the norm, and you know, hanging out and and you know, talking shop about you know the various types of teas and and the cuts of meat, you know. But yeah, that's 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 how we grew up. Our real struggle started when we came to America, actually. <laughs> <laughs> then we realized, oh crap! Well, electricity is cheap, but you know, the salami not so much. <laughs> mm. Let's get into your into your songs. That very much sort of sets the stage for us. Um okay. and so, you know, for for your first song, um, you know, we we we've talked about how, you know, growing up in a house that just so appreciates music and it's just it's just there. Um and you can you can put yourself there. You know, tell us tell us about a time and a song that, you know, when you hear it transports you instantly to a specific time or place. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we immigrated to the States, uh, you know, we flew into JFK and then the year was 1990. Um, you know, we had our sort of green cards in hand, um, all the promise of America, you know, before us. Um, and from New York, very, very quickly after that, we moved to South Florida and I just remember it being, hot and more hot um and you know, you're trying to find hot. your way in, in in school and making friends and things like that and fast forward i would say maybe six months or so summer of 1991 terminator 2 comes out it's the biggest movie you know at at the time revolutionary all, all, all <laughs> kinds of great like sci-fi and you know action and violence and things like that i had no idea about the movie other than um, you know, watching MTV is this amazing drum fill happens and this guy's screeching voice, um, you know, blaring through my TV and it's Guns N' Roses and the song is You Could Be Mine. And that is the soundtrack of us arriving in America as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Nice. Let's take a listen. Yep, I hear that, and I hear <laughs> you know Fort La Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, Terminator Two. I watched it like three or four times in the theaters with my friends, um, and and yeah, love that song. And that 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 song was was sort of the transition into just a lifelong love of Guns and Roses. And um, the funny thing is, is that I heard I heard uh, heavy music, metal. In, in Pakistan through some of my cousins and stuff like that, you know, some stuff you just gravitate toward. And yeah. Oh, the cousins. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and it's like, I, I heard Run DMC through them. I heard Salt and Pepper through <laughs> them. I heard, uh, you know, local, you know, Pakistani music through them. Um, but then the stuff that just happened to resonate was like drums, guitars, bass, and really loud, screamy vocals. I don't know why. That's just, that's what resonated. <laughs> Billy Idol, I heard, you know, Quiet Riot was, I heard Quiet Riot in 84. I mean, I'm four years old. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> So when we moved when we moved to the states, you know, it was all like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. I'm just like, okay, where is this the, the stuff that I remember that I'm like, mm. you know, I'm I'm kind of yearning for, you know, where's the guitars and drums and all the heavy heavy shit? And then this was it. And then and and I was like, oh, all right, so it's called hard rock. It's Guns and Roses. <laughs> and then there was that that and then like sort of the floodgates opened at that point of of heavy music and. And also, it like filtered out a lot of people in my life at the time. It was just like, oh, if you like Guns N' Roses and you know the foul-mouthed Axl Rose and all that, we don't want anything to do with you. And I'd be like, good, I don't want anything to do with you either. <laughs> I was just about to ask, how did you view that? Because it's sort of like, I think at that age, right? When middle school, high school age, you're so... It's this weird combination of wanting to stand out and be your own person, but also not be isolated right so it's like i don't want to be you but i also don't want to be just alone i got to find my people and i feel like yeah like you said the music we listen to the way we dress helps us identify who's our who's our people yeah yeah no totally especially at that age right i mean i was what 11 12 when 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 uh, when gnr was was um um when when this song came i was like 11 years old yeah. late middle school i think and yeah I don't know. I, I think it was one of those things where I'm, I was okay. I, I was okay being myself in the way that, look, if, if, if Guns N' Roses is wrong, I don't want to be right. It was kind of one of those things. <laughs> so, oh, so it's like, and, and that's and, gotta be on a t-shirt <laughs> trademark. That's coming a t-shirt. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that you know it was kind of a way to filter out certain people, and I never judged other people. And I was just like, you know, dude, listen to whatever you listen to. This is the stuff that I like, and 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 I just happened to 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 get in touch with people that were also into that, you know. And 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 you just kind of make friends that way. Some people just I knew that I wasn't an extreme either way. Um, but it's just like, dude, it's on MTV. It's like the most popular band. It can't be that bad. I mean, come on, you know. And then you realize, oh, when people that have really extreme views about this type of music, whether it's the lyrics or whatever else, or or you know, people from my part of the world, you you realize, okay, look, if you're taking it, it's entertainment. If you're taking it that seriously, then again, it's you do you. I'm I'm okay, mm. you know, enjoying the stuff that I like enjoying. So that was, it made me happy. <laughs> so that yeah. Was it. I, I, I think like such an interesting thing about that particular time, those like late eighties, early nineties and sort of the, the advent of music videos was this like merge between music videos and movies that you don't really see anymore. So like a mu if, if a song was on the score to a movie, that music video would have like a ton of clips from the movie music videos hmm. today seem to be more like detached from whatever possible score. And I remember watching the music video for this and the CGI that was like coming of age with Terminator two, you know, when, when the other robot, 
melts into that like that yeah. metallic i was like what the fuck did they just how did they do that yeah. right because yeah. a few years ago david and i watched terminator one again just for kicks and it was hilarious so like the cgi like <laughs> the it was terrible but by the time terminator 2 came out like it was wicked impressive and then put guns and roses behind it and it like it was just like one of those like epic blockbuster movie type with all the music and everything that comes with it. Um, so it's hard to hate the song and not like, you know, associate yeah. it with the film that it's in. And that yeah. music video in particular was amazing too, because Ar Arnold's in the video. So, so, so there's like a storyline within the storyline, which <laughs> is that, so he shows up at a Guns N' Roses concert, you know, hunt, uh, hunting down you know, yeah, yeah. or protecting, depending <laughs> on whatever you know, right, the, right. Uh, the role right, is. Right. But he's so he's hunting <laughs> down the band basically, you know, throughout the song, and they've got like concert footage like interspersed, and then at the very end, th there's a cameo where it's like Terminator, and he finds, um, uh, um, what's the word? Yeah, basically he finds the band and he's sort of analyzing them. And you can see like his Terminator eye, you know, <laughs> identifying Axl Rose and Slash and Matt Sorum. And there's like a cheeky factor as well. There's really just, you know, yeah, it was a good time, man. The 90s were great. <laughs> it was a good time. I think um, the kid in the movie was roughly like our age or a yeah. little older too. And kind yeah. of a punk a rebel and like Linda Hamilton from a woman in movies perspective how like mm -hmm. strong she was and fit and like this like fighter it yeah. was it was it was all really badass yeah, it was epic if you man. ask me yeah. all of it music included yeah my dad so you know speaking of music in the household so again so he loved the movie and it's like dad it's it's got violence like foul language and all this other stuff he's like yeah but the music production was <laughs> bloody amazing when you hear the Harley Davidson, it goes from the right to the left. It is stereophonic. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. You know, oh. and, uh, and oh he God, had the old. Awesome. Oh, man. He's still to this day, you know, you know, gotta love him. He's um, he's got he's, he's an audiophile. He just loves, you know, the way music and I think it's more even not even music, but sound, how sound travels and. And, you know, the bass has its place and the trebles have their place and the mids have their place. And so, yeah, I definitely got a lot of that super nerdy stuff from him. So, yeah. That's awesome. When are we having your dad on the show then? Oh, yeah. Say the word. <laughs> I'll make some phone calls. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, you know, that that whole discussion just you know illustrates how the power of music to kind of put us right back in in, in a place right just immediately before we're even aware of it right you hear the the drums kick in on that song and boom you know exactly where you are and, and all of that um you know for for this next song in question um you know tell us Tell us a story about a time where, you know, a song was just intimately connected with a, a challenging time or a difficult situation. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think uh, I would say probably, you know, the typical immigrant story, which is that, you know, you come to America and then this land of opportunity and uh, um, you have all these sort of you know expectations and, um, and uh and 
anyway, I mean, the stuff that you think will happen ends up not happening or there's challenges and, you know, whether there's challenges with families and things like that, you know, um, I had family members that passed away and, you know, we had our own sort of internal, you know, struggles in, you know, finding your place and financial and, um, the, t- the typical, again, immigrant stuff, you know, working parents and, and, and then for me, my, myself and my, my siblings, it's like the teen years and you enter high school and, it's it's an awkward time it's you're figuring out yourself you're figuring out your your sort of you know social group and you're also figuring out that well you know not everyone likes guns and roses um and uh, yeah so so around that time uh, the chili peppers uh were on their the breakthrough was blood sugar sex and magic i purposely tried to stay away from it because i knew that it was really really popular and, um, <laughs> and, but, but then right after that, their follow up was with Dave Navarro on guitar. John Fushanti had left or was fired or whatever. Um, and their next album was called One Hot Minute. And almost as an FU to everyone who liked the first album, I was just like, I'm going to really enjoy this album. And the song that really did it for me was Aeroplane. Um, and, uh, for some reason, it's not their biggest song. It's not, definitely not one of their like top five top 10 even but i i loved it and um yeah that was uh i always reminds me of that time yeah let's take a listen and we'll uh chat some more about the difficulties on the other side yeah Yeah. I think that song works well for a uh, potential like kind of theme song for, you know, this podcast, right? Music is my aeroplane, right? We're talking about how it can take you somewhere. And so where does this song take you? Yeah, I'm I'm instantly transported, you know, to the high school years. You know, those are those are um, they're always like sort of you know, I guess that's what coming of age is, right? So high school years is coming of age. Um, you're in this weird spot between your minors. You're not really an adult. Uh, you're changing physically, you know, we change and, you know, and, um, uh, there's, there's a lot of in, 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 in our household, I mean, you know, education was always, um, um, that was sort of the reason for coming to America is like, you don't come here to swim hmm. around come here to, you know, to become something. It's a land of opportunity and your opportunity lies by the way of you getting into a good college. So, you know, those types of, I don't think we ever use the word stress in the house. Cause it's just like, what is stress? <laughs> Make it like, happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'll show you real stress, you know? Um, but yeah, so high school was difficult and, and it was a difficult uh, four years. Um, and this this song to me just kind of epitomizes that. I, I I think I realized much later that oh crap yeah my life is spiked with pain and music is my airplane like it's so simple I don't even think I put it together at the time, but yeah um, I this was my favorite Chili Peppers album still is um, and 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 the song just transports me to you know the ninety three to ninety seven years. <laughs> 
super cool. I I love the chili peppers. It, it was funny you were you were talking about like not liking them because they were popular or like you know their, their second album. And I remember also you know coming from an immigrant family, you no know, cursing allowed in my house or anything. Yeah. But suck my kiss off of <laughs> blush. <laughs> Of their first album, I, it felt such like a greedy, like indulgent pleasure to sing that song, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, and and I, I still listen to so, so so now I'm much more sort of you know um, I care less about you know the popularity contest or whatever. And I mean, just from a production standpoint, not to get super nerdy, but oh my god, Rick Rubin killed it, killed it on 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 the uh, like the drums. Chad Smith's drumming wouldn't be the same without Rick Rubin's production of that drumming. Um, and yeah, I mean, the band was on fire, but I just like, I'm like, I couldn't bring myself to admit that I really like, you know, Under the Bridge and um, Give It Away and like uh, the video for Give It Away too. Oh my God. But then, yeah, but then fast forward mm -hmm. a couple of years when, when One Hot Minute came out, it was just, it was slightly heavier. And then I realized that, oh, they have another guitarist. It's Dave Navarro. And he came from, he came from more of a rock school than a, than a funk, uh, funk background, which is ironically the reason why they got rid of him. I was just like, man, I, I liked, I liked the heavier chili peppers, but that's okay. Yeah. 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 I, I also remember thinking like, um, a lot of rock bands and, you know, musicians that you follow are cool, right? They're famous. They, they do this thing. They create music for a living. But I remember feeling like the chili peppers, in particular were just super cool like anthony kiedis and the way flea would play like i don't think i ever thought about the bass before you know yeah. before i watched somebody like him like tear it up on stage and then anthony kiedis in um point break so yes. I, I can't not associate them so i just thought like individually too as 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 people they were all like just super interesting and cool that west coast thing that we don't get in south florida <laughs> right yeah that southern california vibe la vibe mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. for sure I remember yeah. years later watching there uh um, i think it was on vh1 that behind behind the music one of the documentaries and flea going dude we were la to the bone i'm like oh yeah <laughs> i get it yeah yeah you just kind of like you look at them and you're like yep yeah. yep yep that is LA. that is that for sure for yeah. sure um I think it's so interesting with this song and where it where it places you and kind of talking about the struggles of of high school and and even with the Guns N' Roses side of like you know we use music and things to kind of define our identity in ways who's my group and inevitably that means who's not in my group right and and that sort of division and in a lot of ways it's almost like I feel like you know the kind of one of the motiva motivations behind doing this podcast is to kind of get away from the well if i like this if i like rush <laughs> um like i can't talk to you because you like beyonce or something like that right and it's sort of we grow up in that that it's like oh if you like that you're somehow you know different than me um and it's it, it just feels so much more like there's more in common there. Like you may not like the Guns N' Roses, you may not like the Beyonce, but again, that experience, right? Everybody going through high school was experiencing that thing of like, what bands do you like? What music do you like? Are you into music? Or are you not really into music? Are you more into something else? And so, um, again, I think it's just another one of those examples where you know adulthood is working out things from your childhood. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's a South Florida thing or what, because I've 
I've definitely had conversations with other people. And, 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 you know, when they talk about their high school years, they're like, they're exactly as you're saying that if you're, you know, if you're a fan of band A, then you by default are not fans of bands, you know, B through Z or whatever the, the case might be. Right. Um, but I always found that I think maybe, I don't know if it's South Florida thing, if it was our school in particular, we went to Plantation High School um, and we were the marching colonels. And but but I always thought that I think that our population was generally really forgiving and open because I, I remember. I remember being friends with people who really liked my kind of music, but also my best friends were they appreciated what I liked, but they weren't like, you know, as crazy about the same bands. They were into other you know, beastie boys or, you know, whatever else, the hip hop. And, and that was okay. Um, and, but, but as an adult, I've had these same conversations with other people and they, they describe their high school years kind of like you were saying that, no, if you were into, mm -hmm. you know, this band, then by default, you were not into that other band that you would get beat up or, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I think maybe shout out to South Florida because our, it was such a melting pot. And, and I know for a fact, mm. our school was very, very diverse. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And yeah, I think this is true. like, you know, from, 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 from you guys as, you know, interviews as well, it's like, you know, I mean, Dave, you'd love, I didn't, I didn't realize you love hip hop as much as you did just based on your nineties, you know, references Oh, uh -huh. along mm -hmm. with rush and that's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And, and I think that's really sort of, it speaks a lot to where we grew up and I'm really kind of in hindsight, I'm really appreciative of it. And, 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 and I'm glad yeah, that we absolutely. were, where we were so, cause a lot of people had it, you know, super worse and they had their sort of pigeonholed area. Sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And we, I don't think we were like that. Yeah. You know what yeah. that's um, bringing up for me and we've had, uh, for some reason, I've had a couple conversations this week about generations. Yeah. Um, what generation we fall in, you know, my, my mom is actually visiting right now. We are explaining to her that, you know, she's a baby boomer, you know, that kind of stuff, our, our kiddos, Gen Z. And I was explaining to some other folks what a Xennial is, the, the, that little micro generation of, what is it, David? 1970? Uh, I think it's 1977 to 1982. To 1982. Birth years. And our specific um, uh, relationship with like analog versus technology and things like that. And it's almost making me wonder if it's a generational thing that like we were being introduced to all kinds of new things at that coming of age time. Yeah. Um, grunge as a new genre of music technology cds like maybe we were just as a consequence of that environment more open-minded um i went yeah. to a, a mm. catholic high school um so not not a large school like like plantation ones i went to saint thomas aquinas but but you know even there too not a lot of like um pigeonholing around music um our parties were pretty diverse like yeah no it was it was a little more open-minded than I think I hear about other generations. I'm wondering if it's that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we definitely have access to more information than anybody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's like that Forrest Gump um, uh, um, uh, reference, right? It's like, I don't know if it's, if it's destiny or if it's, or if it's intentional. Um, but but then the, you know the the, the force comp answers that it's a little bit of both. It's like I don't know why sure. um, things happen the way they do, but you know it could be a mix of of you know intent and also just completely random stuff. Why did the feather fall right on his um, 
on his shoe. Oh my God. So yeah. many 92 references. <laughs> <laughs> putting us, putting us right there in, uh, in, uh, the Zenio, Zenial, Zenial, uh, yeah. Zenial. Yeah. Yeah. Gen, Gen X and millennial together. Gen it's X the overlap. Yeah. Um, so speaking of perspectives and different perspectives and, uh, accepting them and embracing them or whatnot, you know, um, what is a song that, you know, exposed you to just a new perspective? So from a musical perspective, um, when I heard, I was always, again, I was into sort of heavy-ish music. I wasn't into like the, the extreme stuff and all that, you know, sort of church burning, satanic, satanic, whatever. But I was I liked heavy music, but something was missing. And when I heard typo negative, that changed everything from a musical nerd nerding out perspective because their songs were long and they were dark, which is essential, but also they just they went places. It was it was it, I, I understood what a musical composition is. It's like you start here and it goes there and it go and ends somewhere else. And their iconic, you know, black number one was my uh, introduction to uh, to to that whole world. Nice. Let's listen in. Yeah, you just hear his voice, and it's just like, like, I don't, see, I don't know how you hear that voice and aren't just like, whoa, like, <laughs> that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, again, back in the days of MTV, um, if you if you watch the video, the music w video for this song, it was like, oh my, okay, whoa, whoa, like timeout, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was like, okay, this, this is just something completely different and and it's dark and it's haunting and it's the music video is black and white there's all this like vampire shit going on um long black hair on like the men and the women and um just darkness but then there's melody and there's keyboards and there's like harpsichords and there's cobwebs in the video and it just dude it just you know life-changing I was I was 13 at the time, so I couldn't buy the album because it had explicit, you know, content <laughs> in it. So yeah, I know. So I don't know. Somehow I got I, I got a copy of it, and then you realize, oh my god, there's this thing called a radio edit, which takes an 11 minute song, and then you know you kind of summarize it back down to like three and a half four minutes. So I started nerding out on that stuff. I'm like, wow, you're allowed to have different 
versions of a song? How is this possible? And then I remember someone mentioned, oh, well, you know, the doors, you know, they're like my fire is like a 12 minute song. And they basically told the radio stations that if you don't play the full song, I'm not going to you have to play the full song or nothing. And obviously, Light My Fire is one of the biggest, you know, that's one of the, one of the most popular songs ever. And um, yeah, so yeah, it just completely changed my perspective on music. What's what is possible in a musical composition? Um, and yeah, for, for many, many years, I mean, until, you know, so Peter Steele, the, 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 the singer died a few years ago. Um, and that was effectively, you know, the end of, uh, of Typo. But yeah, man, love love what they did there and they're still you know i think people hear them now and go oh wow how did i miss this um yeah, they're sure. they're really you know they're, they're like an iconic band and for me it just for just the the whole composition aspect just and that that that's what what kind of inspired me to start paying attention to production and writing and it, it's what wanted me to, to to start writing my own stuff i'm like well if they can do it so can i <laughs> at least try it <laughs> Because it's not Metallica, it's not that difficult to play their stuff, but right. but but it, it's um, there's more um, there's more atmosphere to it, so it was cool. I think so. Um, if you haven't watched any of our other episodes, um, I, I'm not the the heavy metal uh, fan of, of the three of the hosts. Although I, I strongly think now that you two are going to like steer me in that direction over time. We have plans. (laughs) I'm sure you do. So in researching your episode, Raza, I watched the music video. um, And I was like, I was blown away by the details of it all. Like his voice, I think, you know, first of all, the, the band name, right? Like, clear reference to, to blood and and then the video itself like if this guy if there was a an audio personification of like dracula it is his voice but i was also probably like vampire victim i was like drawn in i'm like staring the sound with which they engineered it you can hear him breathing you can hear him like mm. taking breaths and opening his mouth like it just feels like a really primal experience um listening to it and i was like fully sucked in to the whole song um it was really really cool yeah thank you thank you uh yeah no uh, i appreciate that 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 you appreciated all of that and obviously you know i mean it's when you take a step back and look at it as as entertainment all of that is intentional right i mean they were Mm -hmm. purposely playing playing up that imagery and I mean, full disclosure, like the guy, he he was like six foot seven, you know, uh, fangs, and um, and he he had the voice, but then you realize, oh god, like these 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 are like four four dudes from Brooklyn. It's you know, it's like I, I've hung out with um with uh with, with their drummer Johnny, and I've met um their, their keyboard player in passing. Just you know, as a, I'm, I'm a complete fanboy to this day. I love this man. I love what they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, yeah. Just, uh, but, but Peter, him, you know, he's a, he's a, br- a brilliant composer of music. Um, uh, the, the lyrics were amazing. Um, I remember there was a, I remember watching an interview with I think it was Trent Reznor. And someone asked, "Hey, so what? What are your goals for the next for the lyrics for the next album, whichever album they were talking about?" And he goes, "Yeah, my goal is to is to not start the next song with the word I, like 
I did this, I am this, I'm feeling down, I'm, you know, whatever it is. And I, I don't think any of Typo's lyrics started with the word I. It's always either a story or it's like they put things into, in, 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 it's like relatable and they, 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 there's like a scene that happens. There's a lot of she's, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of songs about a she, but uh, or several, you know, she's. But um, but yeah, yeah. So it was just I, I love that there was a lot of thought put into it, and and then it's great to hear that that you that you that, that you're able to catch on to this, you know. And you, you're watching you're watching the Black Number One video literally 30 years after it was made. I mean, this song came out in, in I think '93 or so. Um, and yeah, no, these guys were epic, and uh, I. I I miss them dearly. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. video doesn't have like, it's not a multi-million dollar production. Mm -hmm. It's black and white is very, very simple. Yeah. Um, but his voice is just like, so haunting. Like it makes the, the, the hairs on your arms kind of, you look like you're like witnessing this, like vampire predatory, like, circumstance yeah. and you're like should i be watching and this you're drawn i don't know it. like uh, <laughs> right but i can't stop right. watching at the same yeah. time yeah, yeah. no yeah. super cool which like, like you like you said carolina it's like uh, he he very much personifies what you think of when you think of dracula right every time dracula is portrayed it's in this enticing way he's like evil or you know dark whatever you uh, whatever word you want to describe it but you you can't get away from him right you're drawn into it in this way and so yeah i feel the same way about it you're just like whoa and the funny thing is is that you know these guys are actually hilarious like if you if you listen to their interviews it's it's completely it's like obviously it's, you know it's, it's 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 new york humor and deadpan um you know delivery and but completely self-deprecating completely normal um downplayed their own success and and honestly like I, I i i was in full you know like fanboy mode for many many years especially like in high school and college and stuff um but but it was cool to see a, a band operate in that way so dude don't take yourself that seriously because yeah. the other side was then you had like the marilyn mansons and some of the other folks that were that started believing their own yeah. you know narrative it's just like you know, do your job, go play a show, do it well, and then go home. And, 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 uh, that's to me, that was, they're one of those bands that you really just, um, they kind of, they, they kept it real, like New York real. Yeah. Um, I love mm -hmm. that. So, um, I love that you bring up like the fact that in, in, you know, this is a, a persona, they're, they're on stage sort of presence or their musical presence, but in like real life, they're like funny and don't take each other uh, themselves too seriously. Cause I could not help while listening um, to his voice and sort of the subject matter of the, the music video and everything to, to think about the movie, forgetting Sarah Marshall um, and the, the Dracula inspired rock puppet opera that Jason Siegel's <laughs> character makes, but the voice that he sings in the rock opera is kind of like, similar and i i i ever meet jason siegel hint hint uh i'd love to ask if like that was a an inspiration for that because it was eerily i could like see it in the back of my mind when i was listening to the song mm -hmm. you know, as you're saying that yeah. i'm thinking of um uh count uh, from Sesame Street, because I remember you had a Sesame Street reference. Count. <laughs> I want yes. to like your blood. 
<laughs> One, yeah. two, three, ah, ah, ah. Right. Totally. And so like at the same time while I was watching the music video, but now you're telling me this is like 30 years ago. I'm like, are you poking fun at like the, but no, this looks like Dude, what I, they are trying to the, pair. It yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would just tell people to go watch the video. <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah. the OG. Yeah. It was an experience. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I, I think before we move on to our next song, just one final thing in, in kind of, you know, bringing this sort of, you know, goth music and then grunge and sort of you have you know two movies you have the crow and you have singles right that come oh, out and singles. it's like a, the crow is like your you know halloween kind of you know goth that whole it's dark it rains the whole time there's even a song in there that's like it can't rain all the time you know <laughs> um and and that vibe and then you have singles which is like straight up grunge seattle i mean pearl jam and and uh, are in it you know and and whatnot and um so it's just interesting i don't even have a take because i appreciate both of them. I, I really dug both it was tough to kind of like i'm kind of in the middle on them uh probably leaning a little bit more to the the, the grunge uh side of things but i just think it's so interesting to see we're talking about sort of how you can define your place and your people and stuff and i feel like that's a question you could ask them when it's like the crow or singles, which, which is your, which is your vibe, you know, or something like that. So I'm any crow all the singles. way. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, Raza, you're definitely crow. I'm Carolina, crow, you're man. definitely singles. <laughs> and I'm right there in the middle. So we've got it all, all represented. Um, well here, let's so, put the difference. Oh, um, okay. so Speaking of typo, uh, around that time, that movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer, came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The opening sequence opens with a typo, well, a typo cover of another song. But, but the voice and the guitars and everything is there. So I definitely, I went to go see that movie just for that, just just to enjoy, you know, their um, <laughs> the the track. And that may have, may have shed a little tear, like, my boys made it. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, you made it in a movie. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's great. So you know, we talked about how music can put us to a specific point. It's there when we struggle. It can give us a new perspective. But music can also be there when just things are great, right? And it's just kind of this soundtrack that attaches to these these great moments. And so, um. You know, tell us tell us about a song that that is part of one of those perfect moments for you. Yeah, um, I was trying to think. You know, what's uh, I mean, you, you you can define you know perfect moment so many different ways, but 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 to me, um, uh, yeah. So there's the high school years, there's the college years, which is basically a blur, um, and then um, <laughs> um, and then I went to I went to law school in Houston, um, got engaged. Um, and I remember loving it. I remember, you know, my fiance at the time, now my wife, we've been married for just, just, just shy of 17 years now. Um, mm. but, Congratulations. but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I remember being in Houston, either having just finished law school or, or just being on the tail end of it. And it seemed like at the time that, Okay, I know exactly what's going to happen in the next few years, you know, building a career and doing this law thing and, you know, um, 
starting a family, et cetera, et cetera. All the promise of all the, all those things that, you know, as an immigrant you think about were like <laughs> just right there at the cusp. And, and those, I, I, I always, did it, dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I always kind of, um, uh, uh, our Houston years always remind me of that. Everything that's possible. The city was amazing. It was so, you know, you guys know, so we, we, you know, grew up in South Florida, went to, went, went to college in a small, small college town. Houston is a proper city. I mean, it is, you know, skyscrapers and, mm-hmm. and heat and wealth and crime and everything, you know, it's, 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 and, and we made, you know, we, we had, a, we had a blast there. We had a really good time. We loved the city still do actually. Anyway. So in those around that time, I was introduced, I don't know how, but maybe on the radio or it may have been through my wife, but she, uh, she said, Hey, listen to this song. This is, it's a band called Maroon 5. And my first instinct was Maroon 5. What? <laughs> but the song and the beat just, it was undeniably hooky. And I was like, all right, you know, this is, this is it. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's listen in. Years later, I realized this is like the ultimate fuck you song. <laughs> and and I'm like, wait, as, as, and I'm, I'm sure I asked my wife, I'm like, why would you introduce me to this? What are you trying to say, baby? What are you trying to say? <laughs> so, and I'm one of those people like, I, I always pay attention to the lyrics, but for me, the music, the vibe of this song reminds me of just things seemingly being perfect. Um, and driving around, enjoying the skyline in, in Houston, having ridiculous, you know, uh, curries and Thai food and and the best tacos, you know, ever, because come on, man, Houston has the best tacos. What are you, you know, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, just things seem to be perfect. And this song to me encapsulates that, uh, that time. So fun. Like Maroon 5 is just fun. And I think... I, I think it's funny the way you kind of teed it up that like it was like presented to you and you're like, come on, like not Maroon 5, you know, if you, <laughs> I think as a, a lover of music and, you know, we just came off of like typo negative, right? So like yeah. dark, deep, introspective, like, you know, all this kind of music. And then you find yourself like bopping <laughs> to Maroon 5. It reminds me of, I don't know if you can help me, David. It was, it was an episode of The Office, um, where the, the character Angela, who's just like a curmudgeon, like hates everything. Where mm. were they? And there was like some sort of party that she did not want to go to, but she ended up digging the music and the, the camera pans down to her foot and she's kind of like, and she's, <laughs> have, she's actually having a good time foot. on the inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I think that was the uh, uh, cafe disco episode after Michael oh, Scott yes. paper company fails and they have the thing down there and yes. she's kind of sitting there and she wants to clean up. And Michael Scott's yeah. like, no, 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 this is a party. You got to have fun. She's like, why won't you let me have any fun? That's what she wanted to do. But yeah, then she's yeah. sitting there and she starts, you know, foot starts going. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it makes me think about. Like this like reluctance, reluctance to the music. But then you're like, <laughs> damn it, it's catchy. Like I'm enjoying mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it was it, the music definitely got me. I, I, I love, and I still to this day, like again, you know, I'm transported back to the the drum beat, the um, to, you know, your four on the floor, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, we ended up seeing Maroon Five actually. So every year, Houston has the a rodeo, the Houston rodeo, but it's not just a rodeo. It's like. It's it's like I think like a week long festival and they have you know like Beyonce's played the rodeo and 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 Alicia Keys has played the Whoa. rodeo, and it's a massive like festival, um, music you know food, um, all things you know Texan and Houston and everything and so any anyway so around that year I'm sure because of the song we ended up going to the Houston rodeo and I loved it we had such a good time and Maroon Five was the main act. And I'll never forget um, Adam Levine. He's like, well, y'all, you know, obviously he's from California. He does not have a Texan accent, Texas accent. I was like, y'all. <laughs> <And> y'all. <Okay. laughs> I even got me a belt buckle. And he did like this weird, like shimmy thing with his belt buckle. <laughs> oh, God. Don't and I was like, oh, I fucking hate Maroon 5. But damn it, that song yeah. is great. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's times. like. I I think there's a lot of music out there for folks that have this quality to it where you secretly like it, but you don't want to admit to people you like it. It's kind of like what they say about riding a scooter. You know, they're a lot of fun, but you don't want you don't want your friends to see you on it. You know, um, like I'm going to jam out to this, but I don't want anybody to know. And and I think it's. I think that's a disservice because it's again, going to that thing of like being genuine and being real and just trying to like set up who we are. Mm. And it's like, you know, yeah, like you said, the Nickelback hatred and stuff. That's just like that's become an identity, right? To like, if you somehow hate on Nickelback, that makes you like some, you know, uh, uh, music guru or something like that. And it's like, no, no, because I like you can like music for different reasons, right? Music can serve different parts of you, like. I am, you know, I'm a drummer. I, I care about rhythm and stuff. I'm into Rush and Tool and Dream Theater and these bands that like, you know, every other, you know, uh, moment, the time signature is changing and things. But I can also jam out to a, you know, 4-4 four, four pop song and just be like, this is great. LMFAO is a great example of that. Love the group, right? Because <laughs> it's just, it's just fun. It's just party fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually um, one of the um, one of the great advantages of uh, things like Apple Music and Spotify is that they have the lyrics and the lyrics actually they're like connected to the song, so they they'll move as it's almost like a te- like a like a uh, right like, like karaoke yeah like a teleprompter type thing. <laughs> and anyway, many years later, I was that song was playing, and and I'm like, let me just listen to the you know check out the lyrics and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, the lyrics are brilliant. Like, you, it's undeniable. And I'm like, okay, it makes sense that so many people like like them and and likes the band. And and I don't like dislike them. And I was actually like kicking myself because I was just like, God, I mean, like the shit is really like it's brilliant. It's brilliant writing. And and um, just because it's not heavy doesn't mean that it can't be good and like artistic. It really is. There's really good artistic value. To the song and the lyrics, and um, I, I, I don't see myself being like a lifelong you know, Maroon Five fan, but I get it. I do. I understand it, and I get it. I mean, I appreciate it. So, yeah, I can say yeah. that now, as you know, as, as someone in their you know mid forties, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
so much of, of the time period you discussed this, like adolescence and even like early adulthood, you're trying to like, I don't know, position yourself in the world, how you're perceived. And it can feel like when, you know, you're still developing that, like every little thing you do is going to like weigh heavily on how people perceive you. Um, And I think as we get older and they say, you know, you start to give less fucks about things, right? You realize that like, I need to be more silly. I need to just like things because they're fun. Um, Doesn't mean anything about me, but you know, I often say we're we're just taller children, right? We're all still like that kid in middle school looking for that, you know, place to sit and lunch with other people and make friends. And but we end up taking a lot of it too seriously. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Song five. Um, so... You know, sometimes music can be uh, so powerful uh, that it reminds us of something and we struggle with it. So, you know, tell us about a song that, you know, brings up, uh, you know, difficult memories or, um, you know, you may have to turn off when you listen to it. Yeah. So, you know, if it if Maroon 5 represents all the the promise and the uh, the potential uh, uh, you know, the next song represents basically that everything is fucked. <laughs> um, and yeah, fast forward a couple of years later, basically, you know, from a career perspective, I was, you know, it was, it was in the toilet. Things were going pretty bad. Um, we had moved around a bit, um, had a few struggles, um, had some amazing, uh, I mean, our, our kids were born and um but you know it wasn't it wasn't easy it, um thankfully like health and everything was fine um but yeah just from a prof- professional standpoint it was it was a really really difficult time and figuring out your stuff um the economy had collapsed around 2008 9 or so and the, you guys all know that i mean you know the the legal profession was basically destroyed at that point and there was no jobs or anything like that so you know all of the struggle of tr- of trying to become someone that payoff basically wasn't happening and it was just a very, very difficult time. So anyway, around that time we moved to uh DC area, uh, Virginia, and uh, it was around 2013. And uh, this song represents that, um, you know, all that um, the sort of the, the best of times and also the worst of times. So, yeah. And that was uh, Foster the People, uh, Helena Beat. Helena Beat. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those songs like I'm I'm so appreciative for, you know, being able to do this podcast and have these conversations because, you know, 
I know the song, right? Like the second I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. heard that song a bunch of times, you know, know it. Um, but I've never paid attention to it, right? And so for, you know, being that it was, you know, one of your songs, I, you know, and loading it up, getting it ready, I paid attention to the lyrics, right? And I was like, so just, I don't want to say surprised, but, but pleasantly like, oh my God, this song, there's like, because it, it's got this kind of like, happy feel to it right and so it's it's a little bit of prejudice on my side it's like oh that must just be about you know bubble bubble gum and lollipops or something like that you know and it's like no it's it's about <laughs> like the line like i don't even want to get out of bed those days you don't want to get out of bed yeah so yeah i appreciate yeah. it for that just being able to you know learn a song a little deeper yeah yeah, for me, I mean, I, I, I think one of the things we talked about was, you know, which, which song do you have a hard time getting through? And and that th- this is this is certainly, you know, one of those songs, which is which is um, again, thankfully, there's 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 never been um, you know, health related things, knock on wood. Um, but, yeah, it was just a very, very difficult time. It was it was like things were everything was available to you because. Uh, it's, it, you know, we're, we're, we're in a, we moved, like I said, we moved to, uh, uh, just outside of DC and there's all of this sort of knowledge and academic influence and just influence in general. Like it's, it's amazing. You meet, you meet amazing people doing amazing things and you realize how hard people work to, 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 to become someone and, and you realize how, mm. like what it takes. And then you also realize at least at the time it was, I, it's no, it, it's, it's not possible. It's like DC is great, but this is not the right moment for me, you know, in that space. Like, it's like that old saying of you can have everything, but you can't have everything all at once. And so kind of going through the, um, the struggles of that and, 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 and realizing that, you know what, this is just, it's some things are just not possible. They might, they might happen at another time, but right now is not the time. And, and then you're kind of faced with it. You, 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 you have to process it. You have to struggle with it. You have to sort of, you know, beat yourself up over it and cry over it. And then you, but you also have to, you know, get your shit together and, and, and come up with whatever the next plan is to, to survive and kind of, you know, get out of that struggle. But yeah, but this, the, the, so, so, so there's a time period around 20, um, uh, 2013, 2014, where it, where things were, you meet really, really great people and you see what all is possible. And then you also realize what's just not possible. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so this song kind of re- represents that. And uh, yeah. And sometimes you just have to hit skip <laughs> and go on to the next song. <laughs> hundred yeah. percent. Um, I also was not aware of the lyrics to this song. Like I have a, the, the melody of like their voice. It's, it's hard to figure out what, what words they're, they're saying. So I tend to just kind of like dance to the song. Like it's like a, got a good upbeat, you know, rhythm or whatever, but, um, yeah, it's pretty heavy. The lyrics, but like really hard time and how to like keep that forward momentum, you know, when life like knocks you down, um, I know for, for us, we, we were in the DC area too, and it, it, it does feel like there's, there's a lot of promise. There's, there's so many people moving and shaking and doing, and like, you feel like you got put on like the super fast conveyor belt and you got to keep up. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think similarly for us, we felt it was really hard. Um, 
And then you get to like those times in your life where you're trying to do something for yourself and all that stuff, but you're also like a parent and you start to lose community and friendships because you're in that grind. There's like these years of your life where you're just in this grind all the time. It feels like. Yeah. The grind is real, man. It's especially in DC. The struggle is real. Um, and <laughs> I mean, I'm so obviously, you know, fast forward 10 years later, I'm back in DC um, and, uh, you know, squarely a part of the grind and also doing really, really fun things like this podcast. Um, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's DC is one of those places where anything is possible. Um but it's also one of those places where if you fall, like it's, you know, it will, it, it will test you and it will, it will knock you down. And, and it's one of those places where, where you can, you, you, you really start to figure out, you know, what, what's important, but also for me, like survival skills, like, you know, like people, like people that do survive in DC. Um, and I think that's true of me, you know, any, I mean, DC happens to be my sort of big, big city, you know, example, but it is true of, I think New York, LA, any of these bigger cities, but if you can survive, I can guarantee you that there's a lot of hard lessons that people have gone through in order to survive, because you realize that, you know what, the, the people that have made it on the other side of a struggle, like the shit that they went through, it could be anything. Um, mm -hmm. it's a lot. Mm -hmm. There's, mm -hmm. there's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, hard work, a lot of luck, a lot of opportunity, a lot of preparation. Um, and sometimes you do have to take a step back and kind of, you know, regroup, recollect, um, plan out your stuff. I was never a planner. I became one after in the last 10 years since this song. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's, the, the, there's, there's a lot, there's a, the, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of things that are possible. Um, and, uh, and yeah, sometimes you have to just kind of step back, go back to Florida and then figure out your shit and then come back to DC. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Cause yeah. I think so much of when we talk about like career and success and, and even survival, there's a lot of this like grit to like suck it up and keep going. And, you know, um, and we don't often talk about like survival is also knowing when to let go and when to, take that step back, like you're saying, and regroup and say, this is not for me in this moment or season of, of my life. So, yeah. Um, and like every yeah. song on this podcast, the fact that this puts you right back there is always super interesting that a song can do that. Yeah. Well, I don't think any song yeah. can top your example, uh, Carolina. So, <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you know, and if um, you want to hear that song, go check out episode two of our <laughs> podcast and hear Carolina's songs. Yeah, I, I, I think the connecting tie there can can be can be grief, right? And grief comes from from a lot of different losses. It can be physical death and, and illness and all kinds of things, but it can also be um, the grief and loss of the life you were planning for or aspiring to, or you know, we we dig our heels into the plans we have for life and then you know, life says, hold my beer. Let me throw you a shit ton of curveballs, Right. And then you're like, Oh God, I gotta like, you know, figure this out now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Raza, I, I really appreciate the phrase you said of you can have everything, but you can't have everything all at once because it, it just, so when you said it, it just, I knew exactly what you meant. Having gone through similar things of like committing to something in my case, it was, you know, a PhD and, you know, professor land and, and that, um, and, um, you know, you can have certain, whatever you want kind of things, but there's going to be certain things you have to sacrifice. And it's kind of like, are you willing to sacrifice those things? And I think for a lot of us, we, we realize at some point of, no, I'm not willing to sacrifice family, my health, whatever it is for this, for this thing I've, I've committed to. Um, and yeah, like Carolina, like you said, there's definitely a grieving process when that happens, right. Of like, where I was committed for, where I thought I was going, the life I thought I was going to have, or, you know, the specific way it was going to work, uh, is not the case. And I've got to rethink what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, I don't think people realize, I, I mean, you know, it's you know, to each their own, but I think at least for the three of us, it, it, it seems like, it's kind of the whole premise of this podcast is that, you know, significant events in your life, whether they're happy or sad or, or kind of in, in this case, sort of a grieving process. Um, it's, it's attached to music. It's, it's attached to a song or a few songs or whatever. Um, and I mean, in my case, you know, like uh, we, we mentioned chili peppers a little while ago that it, it it's, when you have these aha moments of, wow, other people felt the same way and other people feel the same mm, way. Mm -hmm. And they're able to, in a, in a sort of, in a, um, in a nice, you know, package known as a song, put those sort of feelings and things together and put it out there in the universe. And you realize that, oh, wow, there are other people that feel the same way. It's such a, on the surface, it's such a, um, uh, sort of mundane sounding phrase, but it really does help, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, for a lot of people, music is the thing that, that saves them, gets them out of that moment and say, you know what? It'll be okay. Um, and, and that's nothing to take away from, from, you know, uh, sort of uh, mental health uh, struggles and things like that completely as a, as a, as a sidestep, but just for your little pitfalls and things like that, sometimes, you know, just a good song just kind of makes it, it's like a warm hug. <laughs> it just makes yeah. it better. I would even, I would even say with the mental health, like a song might not be able to, to, to heal you from it entirely. Right. You might need therapy, medication, whatever it might be. But even with mental health, hearing a song that is talking about the struggles of any type of mental health struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, PTSD, or something like that, that helps too in that way of just like, oh, wow, I'm not the only one going through this. Like just knowing the song doesn't fix it. But again, that, that feeling like you're not the only one going through it. Right. And that's really what it's, you know, art makes life uh, uh, bearable <laughs> it, really. Right. Cause yeah. it's like, we're in this existence that makes no sense. Right. We're electricity running through uh fucking meat suits that we're walking around in. Um, everything we do is about trying to keep ourselves alive, right? We eat, we do all these things to keep ourselves alive. But at the end, it's a failed, it's a failed attempt, right? We, we, at the end, we will all fail at it. Right. Um, and so that's, uh, scary as shit. Right. <laughs> and so like having music kind of 
okay, I'm at least not alone in this. I'm not alone in these fears, these anxieties, these sadness, this breakup, this struggle. It just takes away a little bit of that that suffering. Yeah. It it almost sounds like, you know, when people's I, I, I hate to I, I'm we might have to edit this out, but I'm just going to say it for, for right now. You know, people attempt suicide. Well, it's almost your example sounds like attempt life. Give it a shot. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like what you're doing yeah. is, you know, you're, you're, you're doing things to attempt to keep yourself alive. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. like tie you back or ground you back. I think for... You know, for for me, one of the things that comes up that that music is so helpful with when it comes to grief and loss and and all of that is when you can't find the words. You know, when we think about like the struggles you yeah. go through in adolescence or even childhood, it's a lot around, um, you know, depression and and PTSD and even like LGBTQ youth and stuff who are struggling to like put to words the angst or the pain or whatever it is they're feeling. And then to have somebody do that in this creative way, um, one exactly Raza feels like a hug. Singing to things can almost feel like, I don't know, like a cathartic alternative to crying, you know, mm. when you sing. And it just helps like paint that story that you couldn't like put put a put a word to. Yeah. It's a connection. <laughs> We're looking mm -hmm, for a connection, mm -hmm. and and then and it's funny how it's, sometimes it's completely random, like a, a song on the radio. It's completely random, and might right, have you in chance. tears. <laughs> right, yeah. the song found you yeah. in this weird way. Yeah, I I like the phrase of attempt life. <laughs> um, trademark in that sense of like <laughs> yeah, trademark t shirt. Because in that way of just, you know, as someone who from PTSD and things has has struggled with the suicidal thoughts and, and things like that and kind of, you know, understanding it more personally that way um, and now sort of healing from it and, and, and in some ways getting better, it feels exactly what I'm doing right now in the, like even the podcast and, and, and trying to get out there and doing these things. It feels like I'm attempting life again like i was <laughs> in this mode where i was uh not so you know excited about life and and, and all these all, all, all of that and it just felt like this struggle all the time and you're just like i don't want to do this anymore um and now it feels like yeah it's like let's go attempt some life just go do it you know we're gonna be gone anyway so just like we said at a lot of times just have fun have, have some fun, fun with it yeah. who cares <laughs> yeah all right, moving moving along, our last song. And so, um, you know, we, we, we talked about that, uh, you know, everything's perfect. This is great on the precipice of all these amazing things. And then like, okay, life, life dealt the, uh, the blow and it was a struggle. Um, and so with this last song, you know, uh, tell us about a song or uh, a piece of music that, that, you know, is part of, a a weighty transition for you when there was a before time and an and an after time yeah yeah um there's definitely been lots of you know transitions in 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 the um, in my life but i think the most um the most significant one is becoming a parent 
Um, and, uh, you know, I'm eternally grateful for our two, uh, awesome kids, um, who are both, you know, in their, they're both in their teens now, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so this is going to be a little bit of a shameless plug, but, um, you guys mentioned this, uh, Solamente project, um, uh, in my, in my intro. And, um, I thought that I would kind of shamelessly plug, <laughs> um, my favorite track, um, off of that, uh, off of one of the albums. And it, it basically, so it's called The Offspring and it's about my kids. And, um, I guess we'll talk about it on the, on the other side. Yeah, talk about the flip side. And if you can't plug your own music on your own podcast, what I can know, you do, right? I right. know. Well, yeah. I mean, if right, you're driven go. to create music as the story, like, well, yeah. more power to you. That's amazing. <laughs> I appreciate it. I pre-appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen. Solamente the Offspring. I was, uh, love it. <laughs> I was kind of proud of my, I, I, I patted myself on the back a little bit. Like when I was writing the words for this, cause I had no idea. I mean, I, like I, I wrote all the music and stuff, um, way, you know, um, way before the, the, the lyrics and actually once pandemic happened, we had all this time and I was like, you know what? The one thing I want to do is put out my, my, uh, this is actually my second album. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, for some reason, some of the words seemed to resonate and then it, it just, the lyrical content like morphed into this thing about just kids. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I have a, um, I have a voice might as well use it. Like the way, you know, Tobias forge from, uh, from ghost, uh, said once and something about it just, it just seemed like it's, it, the words seemed to start the words that I was putting together. Like that's the theme that just came out. And uh, I think the part you guys heard there uh, about, um, uh, you know, if you're, uh, if you feel like nothing's right, I'll be there for you. If you just want to run and hide, I'll be right there with you. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to expand on that. So basically out of that little chorus line, the whole thing, I, I, I played the song for someone once and they're like, man, I have no idea what this thing is about. I'm like, the title is the offspring. I know it's like, like some scientific project gone bad. I'm like, dude, it's about my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to leave them like a note, there like you, you know, when I'm gone, there's maybe one one thing that they'll know how I feel about them, and like, you know, being responsible as a parent and a dad, you know, things like that. So yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah. I mean, um, it, so much of like the lyrics of music can be about you know love or struggle or war or political topics or you know personal struggles addiction like all these kinds of things right i don't feel like i hear as much about parenting which is like i mean talk about a weighty transition 
that nobody prepares you for. Yeah. The most epic responsibility of like trying to create a good human. Um, intergenerational things that you have to come to terms with about like your own childhood, what kind of parent you want to be, how you want to be like, man, that's parenthood is, is one of the most ultimate life struggles and, and like challenges and adventures that one embarks upon. Um, so one, I love that the song and I guess the, the, the album as a whole is like a dedication to that, that journey. Um, it's really, really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It, again, it was fu the funny part for me was right. Like, again, I, a lot of the, most of the music was done. Um, and and I, I, I hear this is how the, the pros do it as well, which is, you know, you write the band gets together and writes all the music and stuff. And then, you know, at the very end, the singer comes in and kind of, you know, puts uh, pen to paper and, so yes, I had no idea. You know, some, some some people have asked me, "Hey, you know, did you write a song about your kids?" I'm like, "No, it, I mean, the the music was there, um, but the lyrics were, I think, a creation of the pandemic and what we we're going through, and you know, the, the the impact of the pandemic on our kids. And and at this time, everyone was, you know, kids were were going to school online and laptops and things like that. So it was just, it was a topic that was going around, and for some reason, it just it seemed to make sense. So. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to write it, and then it was fun to write the lyrics. And uh, yeah, it's kind of an ode to motherhood too, by the way. Um, uh, speaking to another mom here, which was, I think, the first line is something like, um, "An act of love brought you two into this world," and it's just like, no, it, 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 like the act of giving birth is the ultimate act of love, um, and and you know, we're not, we're not talking about the other act of love. Um, <laughs> um, but, 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 yes, but, and yeah, and but yeah, it's just like let me know. tell you about the night we made you. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear that song, man. <laughs> no kid wants to hear that, that story. Well, yeah. there's plenty, I think there's plenty written on that already. <laughs> yeah, Neil Peart has his most epic solo. <laughs> Um, oh, but yeah, goodness. yeah. So it's, it's, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun to be a dad. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a gift. And I think it's, it's, it's the ultimate gift from, from, from the mother as well. Mothers as well. So yeah, we covered all the bases yeah. basically. Yeah. No, I love, I love, um, that, that, you know, you selected this song to put out there. You call it a shameless plug. I think it's, you know, it's exactly what we want to hear, right? If we didn't yeah. have this song on here, a, a, a piece of you and your story and your life is missing, right? Um, and so I, I very much appreciate having this on here. And and really, you know, we focused on how the the transition is becoming a parent and the focus on your children. But you know, based on the previous couple songs we've done and sort of following this story, um, you know. I also like am happy to have this as our, our last song in this way, because it also shows um, your, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, actualization, right? You, you are, Hey, I was doing this thing. I'm an, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to succeed for my family and we moved here to succeed and I'm trying to do this. And then it, it, it's struggle and it doesn't work and I'm not sure. And all these ups and downs. And then here's this part of like, well, 
I know no matter what else I'm doing, this is something that's in me that I want to get out, right? And so I think all too often, so many of us have those things and we just tell ourselves, no, I don't have the time. I don't have the this. I don't have the whatever. No one's going to listen. No one's going to care. Everyone's going to laugh at me, whatever it might be. And you put it out there. You went and made it and put it out there. And, you know, that's just so so great and it's just so inspiring to hear in in a most basic sense of just no make stuff if you have it in there put it out there do it the world society and everything is going to try and take us take that away from us right and just make us you know work the job and and serve our purpose in that way and yeah we got to we got to make we got to make beautiful things so thank you for this beautiful thing and no thank you guys i mean thanks for thanks for letting me uh me share this and uh yeah no it's uh it's great i, I really appreciate that i appreciate sharing this with you guys i mean you know this is uh, and now everybody knows <laughs> that's right and you can find links to solamente music in the show notes um yeah yeah i think so definitely um, check it out I love that this is the last song too. Like in talking about just the the ups and downs and roller coasters of of life, it um, the fact that it ends with something you created make, makes me think of that um, that Jurassic Park quote, right? Like life finds a way, um, oh, wow. and to create, right? As humans, you know, I'm a former art teacher as well, and I firmly believe that like humans are drawn to instinctively create art and things. Those are the stories we leave behind, and. I'm not going to cry, but the idea that your kids have a song or an album that you wrote for them long after, you know, we're all gone, like, not going to cry. Wrap it up, David. <laughs> Carolina, um, thank you. Yeah. I mean, uh, we thank, yeah. thank you. That That's, I've, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I appreciate that, that it, like it, it hit you the way that it did. And I, you know, so yeah. From one parent to another, you know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and so in wrapping up, we're sort of already starting to do it, but we normally, you know, um, uh, wrap it up by saying, "Okay, you've we've listened to these six songs. You've told these stories. You know, how does it feel now, looking back on everything and and thinking of where you're going forward? You know, how does it feel to hear all these songs? Yeah, yeah. No, it's um. I feel good. I feel, um, I, I feel like I'm not someone who shares things very easily. And I feel like I've, I've, you know, uh, I'm, I've put a lot of things out there into the universe and some of it might be a little unnerving. Um, some of it is it's like, you know, do people really want to know about me? It's like, you, know, you always have that running thought. Right. But on yeah. the other hand, Who's it's going like, to care about this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But on the other yeah. hand, it's like, you know what? It's, I know that it's, it was good. It was good that I, I feel good about it. I feel good that I'm able to share it, even if it's just with, with the, the, between the three of us. Um, if some other, you know, people get some joy out of it, that's even better. But I think I'm content in that it's, it's, it's out there. Like I've done my part. Um, I'm super excited to, to hear other people's stories as well. Um, and, and, you know, again, I, I, I've, 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 I've been this, the idea of this podcast has inspired me. And again, your tagline of, you know what, we're not going to make our, our, um, guests do anything that we're ourselves not doing. So I'm like, you know what, 
I'm doing it for the for, for for the good of things, for the good of our guests, for the good of the podcast. I'm a team player, and you know what? Any any little bit of nervousness on my part or anxiety <laughs> um, is like you know what? Let's let's do it. Let me attempt it, and and let's just see what happens. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to put it out there. I'm glad you guys you know. Um, some of this stuff resonated with you guys. I really enjoyed hearing your um, your 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 takeaways as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, super excited. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things. Like we talked about these songs that spoke to you in some way, right? We talked about that the power of music in that way to like, oh, I'm not alone, right? And this gets me. And and you know, uh, I think that's kind of you know what we're doing here in that sense. You can't know who it might affect, but someone might hear something and it speaks to them right and they don't feel alone and so um yeah yeah so cool come on the podcast if we if we invite you come on it's an experience for sure for sure um it's a judgment and I think going back to that's right judgment-free judgment zone. zone we're not we're not talking about no let me tell you why such and such band is better than guns and roses that's not what we're trying to do here and i think kind of like you know, I appreciate what you just said too about like, um, you know, uh, I actually enjoyed the process of telling my story and whatever anxiety or, you know, uh, who wants to hear this and stuff. Um, you know, I, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why conversations about music and stuff normally fall down to that easier. Let me tell you why your band isn't as good as my band. Right. Because that's safer. Yeah. Right. You're not opening up. I don't have to tell you why Rush speaks to me or I don't have to tell you about why typo negative changed my life. I don't have to tell you about how Alicia Keys just, you know, wrecks me. Um, and so yeah. but we know that that conversation isn't isn't great. It isolates us, if you know, and stuff. And so I, I appreciate that in that way of sort of like we said, we're we're leading from the front, not asking our guests to do anything we wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, it's that way of changing the conversation to say like, no, let's, let's kind of try and have more of these conversations. Let's be a little bit more vulnerable. Let's open up a little bit with each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, um, you know, we're getting at, at life stories, but, but through music. Right. And I think if, if you were to have a conversation with somebody and you were like, tell me your life story, like, I think it'd be a way <laughs> different story than the six songs I shared told. Mm, it's just mm -hmm. a, a completely different perspective and angle to your life story. Um, you know, mine has a lot not reflected in those six songs, but the, the six songs give you like the ups and downs and the nuances. And like, I think more of me and my soul and who I am than a chronological order of like, I was born here. Then we did this, then mm. that happened Then you know, those kinds of things. And so um, I, as somebody who, who just did this right in, in our second episode, like I, I was nervous too, but like, what a cool way to share my story that wasn't in, in what you would think a traditional way would be. Nice. All right. All right. So uh, before we jump off real quick, lightning round, uh, what's your first, your last and your best concert. Okay. So my first <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take you guys all the way back to 1989. This is this was in Pakistan, and there was a band called Vital Signs. Anyone who's of Pakistani descent who lived 
<laughs> I know my, my, my family will know this reference right off the bat. But yeah, uh, Vital Signs, there, there, were a, uh, there were a Pakistani uh, pop band. Um, and they put on a show. One of my uncles and aunties um, took me and my sister. We sat up front row. They had no drummer. They had a drum machine, the keyboards. It was very synthy, poppy. Um, but they had a live guitarist. And I sat like directly square in front of him. And during one of his guitar solos, he like winked at me because it was like me and my my cuddly little sister sitting there. He's like, ah, I see you guys, you know. Uh, yeah. So that was that, that was my first. Um, it was great. Uh, last concert uh, was a band called Ailstorm. There, I kid you not, they're a mm-hmm. sort of a pirate metal band. I I consider myself like a connoisseur of metal. I have never heard of these guys before. But the show was ridiculous. Oh my god! Um, Wait, like pirate, like our yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's songs about Boy, we get drunk on the drum and <laughs> yo ho ho mateys, wow. and then really what? fast drums and yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. so like Viking metal, but pirate metal. Pirate metal, yes. So we're not we're not singing about Vikings and gods and everything. We're pirates. We're pirates. Wow. Yeah, we're invading you know <laughs> the Caribbean islands and we're finding you know pot, uh, like uh, treasure chests. And, and and getting pissed drunk on rum and uh you know and one-eyed parrots and all this stuff. Yes, pirate metal. What's the name of this band? Ale Storm. So like like you know, like um ale like, like ale, like yeah, mead like, or yeah. Yeah. And it was for one of my buddies. Write that down for later. Uh um thank you, Ben. And um it was <laughs> it was yeah, it was insanity, but but it was it was a great time. Really a fantastic drummer, by the way. Like, you know blast beats and shit i'm like what what is what's going on um and then best concert was uh typo negative and i'll never forget the date because it was on (laughs) my 17th birthday in fort lauderdale like a month before high school graduation and typo was at their peak this was the uh, october rust tour uh uh, the theater in fort lauderdale florida i went with my sister and a couple other friends and yeah, best concert and probably best concert, uh, you know, forever, ever, ever and, and ever into perpetuity. <laughs> so yeah, those are my best three. concert for all time. For all time, because typo's gone, dude. Like it's been there. Right. There's no the the final nail in the coffin. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Raza, thank you for opening up to us and our, our audience. Um, you know, like we said, we've, we've, we've tried to lead from the front with this. And so, uh, you know, thank you for, for that. Um, you know, in, in just wrapping up in the few minutes we, we have left, um, you know, uh, tell us, uh, what you've got going on that people might be interested in or how they can connect with you or, you know, whatever you want to share with folks. Oh yeah. Well, again, thank thank you guys. Right. I mean, again, th- th- this is this was sort of an experiment that I had never imagined myself doing ever, and it's like it's such a cool idea. So yeah, love doing it. Uh, really looking forward to how this thing plays out. Um, yeah, I'm on I'm on Insta. I'm on Threads. Um, it's uh, uh, Raza is my name. Um, other than that, as far as uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Raza is my name. Podcasting is my game. <laughs> you can subscribe here, 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 and right there. <laughs> and yeah, as uh, I have a day job, um, and and I have a uh, I have album number three from Solamente, which is probably going to drop at some point by the end of the year. I'm hoping um, that's Solamente.band on Insta. And other than that, I have this podcast that I am super excited and frankly honored to be a part of. Um, I'm, um, and everyone knows how to get in touch with us here. And uh, that's me in a nutshell. All right. Thank you. All right, everyone. Uh, make sure, you know, a life in six songs, like and subscribe. We're anywhere you find your podcast, we're there. You know, if you want to watch us, um, we, we, we've got a YouTube channel, a life in six songs, just search that you can watch it or you can just listen to the audio. If that's how you like to get your podcasts, find them anywhere. Uh, you can reach out to us at a life in six songs podcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, definitely like subscribe, follow us, uh, go back, listen to the first couple episodes, learn who your hosts are. And then from here on out going forward. It's going to be, you know, the three of us with another guest and stuff. And so we're going to hear some more songs and some more life stories. And we are very much excited. And so um, that has been a life in six songs. 